You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Alex Davis. I'm the co-host for the show. Joining me as always is my trusty co-host, Joe Pritchard. And Joe, I got to ask you, are you more awake than the Montreal defense in the second half? I'm pretty tired, I'll be honest. It's been a long week already, but I, I would have to say yes. Okay, do you think you could stop Ottawa from running like one play out of 23? Do you think you could do that? My 40 time isn't what it used to be. <laughs> I'm slightly overweight for my for my for my short height, so I'm uh, I'm gonna say no, just because I oh, know but, when. Oh, but you're playing cold snap. Oh, if I'm playing cold snap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, good. Just just checking. Uh, There'd yeah. be a lot of zeros and negative and one negatives on that offense. I'll tell you that. <laughs> For like the three people that know what I'm talking about, they laugh. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Uh, I don't know the exact parameters, but the uh, the the Montreal defense was making them look like sevens and eights man, that uh, second half on Monday. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. You can tell I I want to rant about my Alouettes, but. We'd like to do a run-through of last week's games in the CFL first, and we tend to do these things in chronological order. Uh, I would like to keep my sanity for a few more minutes worth of this program and do so. The week started with Hamilton Tiger Cats 18, Saskatchewan Rough Riders 14, which, you know, I, I, I kind of had my grumpy cat mode on for this game. I hope both teams lose. But I was pleased with this outcome because the riders had the decency to allow Edmonton to stay alive for at least one more day in the playoff race by losing. So I was happy for that. But I just wanted to say this. I wanted to go in a different tack with this game. Um, I saw a lot of people complaining naturally after this game, directly after this game, the day after this game, about how boring it was. Uh, a lot of people found the play substandard, let's say, in this game, and uh, which I didn't necessarily think so. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but this game was shown the night after that Thursday night football game in the NFL, which ended up, that was actually a lot like a classic Ottawa Red Blacks game. The final score was 12-9, Indianapolis over Denver in overtime. And that game, too, was wildly excoriated for being boring and just lame play and whatever and all this. Okay, I watched both games. The Thursday night game, I mean, poor Al Michaels is calling this thing. And, you know, this is the guy that called Miracle on Ice. I mean, and he's sitting there calling this game, 
And, you know, he's way older now. You know, he doesn't want to be doing this. And you can hear how bored he is, right? You can hear, like, how disinterested he is in this game. The CFL game, the TSM game, and people have been talking smack for them, too. This game was compelling. I don't know what people are complaining about. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the play-by-play was great. I thought that the the punting shenanigans by uh, Saskatchewan twice with like two and a half left to play at the end of the first half was hilarious. And I thought it was only augmented by Andre Brew, lead referee, having to get out there and giving just these excellent explanations about what's going on, about we're just waiting to see if there's any time left on the clock. It was just a lot of fun. And then, you know, of course, the halftime shows have been really good this year uh, in general. I've really enjoyed them this year. They've been a lot of fun. And coming out of the halftime, what was it, in the fourth quarter, uh, the guys in the booth had Danny McManus up who had just been, you know, inaugurated into the Hamilton Ring of Honor there at the stadium and whatnot. And, you know, nowadays he's what? He's assistant. He's assistant GM or assistant VP in Winnipeg. I know, I know he's, or, he definitely has a hand at things. Yeah, I he's in the front you. office. He's in the front yes. office. Um, yeah, because Kyle Walters, they got Ted Gavea and they have Danny McManus below. Kyle Walters, but they're both out there finding all the Dalton Shones of the world. Right, right, and and he he's he's in the organization enough to be bragging about the size of his rings uh, on the show. But that was another thing: is that McManus was funny, he was insightful. He even snuck in a play call in there just because the play came up and he was the one speaking, so he just shifted into play call mode. Made, made a play call. Um, and it was just, it. I don't know, it just, this broadcast kept me entertained. And I said this before on the last podcast of the podcast before, I think TSN has done an outstanding job in general this year. Um, again, there's one of the teams that I'm not so high on, but the new guys and the new blood and, and, and the different formations and the halftime show have just been, you know, Really great, really top-notch job. And this game, I thought was a lot of fun. I did. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know what the problem people had. Just we've had a high caliber of play this year. We've had a lot of, and even when the games haven't been um, artistic successes, there's been a lot of close games and great finishes. So even if you have a game that for two and a half hours was kind of eh, you're going to get the 20 minutes at the end are going to usually be pretty fantastic this year. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of that. And then if you have a game like this where there just wasn't as much of a spark going on, that's going to happen over the course of 81 games. It's going to. But compared to what we had to deal with last year, huge step up this year. So the odd game where we right. don't, where there's just a lot of sputtering on offense and not a whole lot going on. Um, 
yeah, I could see why people would be reacting to it, but in my mind, they're overreacting to it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have these games are going to happen from time to time. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure what you mean by this kind of game. I mean, like, okay, in general, in general, oh, I mean, 18 got- to 14, we've had, we've right. had more scores right. up in the, okay. up in the high twenties this year. Okay. Between okay. both teams. Okay, see, I don't mind this, and here's why, all right? Because here, here was my question for you about this game. All right, so, you know, each quarterback throws a couple of interceptions. Um, you know, there's only one sack on the defense. But, and, and <laughs> you know, uh, Dane Evans is, is doing his typical low-watt kind of stuff. But what I was really struck by the most was just – Apparently, the coverage that Hamilton was was applying downfield because so often Fajardo was out there on the island not finding anybody. And I don't believe it's a situation where he's not being or, or you know, he's, you know, doesn't know what to look for. I don't believe that's the case. I mean, he was still 77%. But so many times the coverage was excellent enough that he couldn't get anything done. I mean, now, now, okay. Now, Dane Evans threw a pretty egregious interception there right at the end of the half, uh, which is lucky that didn't bite him in the ass by the end of the game. Uh, but in general, I mean, do you think this low score is about bad offenses or just like, you know, defense is playing pretty well? There's probably there's a there's a mix of both in there. I mean, good defense is going to stop good offense, but it's so hard to play defense on a down by down basis in the CFL. You expect a little bit more fireworks than what we got, but mm-hmm. if the offenses aren't going to be able to capitalize on the defense's openings, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the nice thing for Hamilton in this game is. And oh God, we do not need this going into the playoffs. Was just <laughs> the dominance of West Hills. I mean, they were just like he was just running at will. I mean, they just give the ball to him and, and he'd make something happen. So it's nice to have that again, especially if you have Dane Evans at the quarterback, who's just I mean, he's just not gonna get you that many yards play to play. So so good game for Hamilton. Now <laughs> The other notable thing about social media after this game is if you go to social media, it doesn't matter if you're looking at the pro uh, Saskatchewan side or the anti-Saskatchewan side, which is about 50-50, as I understand it, from CFL fandom. Um, pretty much everybody's convinced that the Riders season is over and they're going to lose out. Well, they got two left against the Stamps, and the Stamps got something to play for. So... <laughs> I can see that argument. I absolutely can. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And here's uh, the other and here's the other thing too. They Calgary doesn't have the tiebreaker for BC. Right. If, even if Calgary wins out, they're not guaranteed to finish second. So they're not they're not going to be sitting anybody. Even mm. if they win the first game and BC loses somehow this week, and we'll get to that later. There's another game. There's there's more games out there. Calgary doesn't have the luxury of sitting people down. They gotta, they gotta leapfrog BC. 
All right. Let's yeah. Let's let's not talk about that later. Let's talk about that now. Uh, beginning with game two, Toronto Argonauts twenty three, BC Lions twenty. Uh, it's going to be real easy <laughs> to blame this on the kick, but here at Rouge White Blue, of course, kickers are people too. So I just want to say for the BC Lions that this was a team effort in losing. I mean, honestly, I let's not blame any one person. Everybody did their part. You know, uh, Vernon Adams at least did not make any grievous mistakes. But wow. Wow. I mean, <laughs> again, like you don't want to do this, but you have to, you know, compare him to Nathan Vork at the beginning of the year. And like, like just this. I mean, this was a stopper for me about halfway through the game. It was apparent to me that BC was not going to win this game. They showed this at halftime. Um, at half, Adams had 120 yards passing, and BC had 100 yards in penalties. In the first half, <laughs> now come on, guys. I mean, that's, that's not going to win you a game. Um, I don't know. How much did you take away from this game? Because to me, this was like Toronto got a nice, easy drive in the fourth quarter. BC like rolled over on them uh, for them. And that's how they won the game. Or was this Toronto coming through the clutch? Bethel Thompson coming through. Yeah. I mean, you can give any kind of look you want in a defense. The offense has still got to make something happen off of it. Uh, I do want to point out that we've had three straight seasons of weird, weird games in this BC, when BC goes to BMO. <laughs> so having having the game come down to a doink, <laughs> not unusual for this series. I mean, but three seasons ago we had the we had the missed field goal at the end by BC that turned into a single because the BMO end zones were three yards too short. Because uh, otherwise, Rainey is in bounds and he's kicking it out, and I'm freaking out. And well, <laughs> I had a little sad that night. That's all. Uh, but the uh, last year was overtime out there. So this year coming down to a doink, that's uh, not a surprise at all. Well, yeah, but that was what was so frustrating about it because, I mean, BC had their opportunities. And it was just like, you know, like, okay. Um, they, they, okay, fourth quarter, they get the ball. Adams and Pipkin between them, you know, they're doing the minimum. Six plays, 54 yards. Okay. They set up White for the field goal. Right then, I mean, we're down to maybe what three and a half minutes at this point. Okay, they let Bethel Thompson, as far as I can see, get three straight completions, you know, uh, of varying lengths every time, too. He didn't even need any yards after the catch this time, you know, and then including the touchdown. Okay, all right. BC gets the ball back. You know, Adams, maybe because he's afraid not to turn it over, you know, gets the three completions, but, you know, six yards, eight yards at a poke. Pipkin gets a first down, you know, 
they do just enough to get just inside field goal, misses the field. Okay, fair enough. But then BC blows up on this missed field goal attempt. They got a bunch of unsportsmanlike conduct calls. You know, they're giving Toronto a bunch of the field. They still have a minute and a half left, and then they let Bethel Thompson go for 18 yards. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, Come on they had now. all the time in the world to make a stop and get another shot at it. Yeah, they, they had. They couldn't find a way to make that stop, but who's going to expect Bethel Thompson to run there? That was a heady play he made because okay. he's not a guy that you could that he's not a guy that you would expect to pop a run like that in that situation. And he found he found the opening and he took it. It's true too. And again, on the drive prior to this, they had burned BC with three passes. Okay, so now let's go for a couple of runs. Okay, all right, that's a good play. But right. I could and with ninety seconds, you're going to try to run the ball and keep the clock moving too as much as you can. Okay, but when you're but when you're in a passing situation, you don't expect a quarterback, a, a pocket quarterback like like Bethel Thompson to take off like that. So you're playing you're playing max coverage. You're trying to make sure that you're trying to make the pass as hard as possible. Okay, but is that a passing situation? The pocket is that a passing situation? First and ten, team that's ahead has the ball. A minute thirty eight left. See, I'm not sure that you're thinking that's going to be a pass there. No, yeah. but you're also not thinking about – you're also not worrying about uh, leaving the pocket right. at that point. Right. You're expecting your defensive line to keep them in there. Okay, you're right. But then here would be my counter that. BC never got a chance on the offense for a big play. They didn't even take a shot. You know, they, they didn't, they, there wasn't even a shot downfield. They weren't even looking for this play. They had three drives in the fourth quarter. They, not once did they go downfield. I mean, wow. Really? I guess, you know, I guess Adams has zero confidence at this point. You know, I mean, like, I just, it's either, it's either that or they were giving, or they were giving him the underneath. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But, I mean, we've talked about this. You're going to get that all day long. You know, do you want Vernon Adams sitting in the pocket and throwing for six and eight yards, or do you want Vernon Adams throwing down the field? You'd I'm rather important. have him going sure. for his little passing. But if you're because defending against him, what are you calling? Are you going to yeah, give him opportunities to go to go yeah. along, or are you going to let him have the Okay, end? okay, right. But see, that's my question. That's my question. At any point in the fourth quarter, did they get a chance to go for the goal? Because they didn't once. It wasn't even and it wasn't even considered, as far as I could tell. They didn't just no shots, none, zero. Was it really that good? I mean, I think in the Hamilton game against Saskatchewan, so maybe it was. Um, I don't know. I would have to go back and look at the tape on that. But yeah, and just kind, just the way just the way I'm thinking of how would I defend against Vernon Adams? I've got more in coverage. I don't want to expend too much of my too much of my defense trying to get him trying to force the action on him. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him something short, 
that'll I'm going to try to keep him in the pocket so he's not running around and having a chance to have a guy burst wide open on me. Right. So I'm playing a softer shell game there. I'm making yeah. I'm making him if he wants to go long, I'm making him force it. You got to wonder you got to wonder about Brooks. You know, I mean Nathan Rourke probably would have broken that kind of stuff. Of course, he probably would have thrown two picks already earlier in the game. So. <laughs> yeah, but this. when you throw, but if you throw five touchdowns, the right. two picks kind of right, right. That's the thing. Is that that's the know. price you pay sometimes? Right. I mean, for some reason, quote unquote, that that shell stuff just didn't work on him uh, earlier in the season with these no, receivers. No, him, him, you needed to make make a hasty decision but he could also kill you with his feet. So you also couldn't right. overcommit to it, which right. is, which was the crux of the issue. It's, you could pick your poison. He'd kill you either way. Yeah. But you know, again, like, I'm, I'm sorry that this has disappeared from Vernon Adams. Game because you know, this used to be in his bag too. Uh, right. Okay. So we've had a few blowouts this season, in the CFL, uh, a lot of them involving the Edmonton Elks. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 48. Edmonton Elks, 11 was the score this week. Uh, we've discussed when one of these things comes up, the merits of blowouts and watching them. How did you enjoy this blowout, Joe? That was the most stress-free power game I've had all season. <laughs> How about it? Huh? Okay. What happens with the Bombers going forward? I'm not the only one that wants to know. The sportsbooks haven't even put up a line on the BC Lions game later this week because I, I'm not sure anybody knows what's going to happen with these last two, just two games for the Bombers going forward. Yeah, um, just today, Wednesday the 12th, says we're recording this, if they're coming out that Kalaros is sitting and a bunch of other starters are going to get a lot of rest. Okay. Okay. So going, going to BC this week for the late start, they're, they're, they're bringing, they're bringing their set their They're bringing their, uh, I didn't even want to call them their B team. I'll call them their practice, uh, their A team, because I mean, clearly the team that they put on the field as they're starting on up most weeks is the A plus team. <laughs> <laughs> you could go A sub one, right? A two. Well, A2 if you think C. about it, too, they're going to be starting Drew Brown at quarterback. Drew Brown came in week one Drew. when Flores yeah. was pulled for concussion protocol, which has been a slightly um, big issue down south. Flores uh, got pulled for concussion protocol on the final drive against Ottawa with the team trailing, and Drew Brown just goes right down the field. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Touchdown. Yeah. Yep. And we and he threw another one. He threw another one in uh, garbage time this week. So there's they seem to like Drew Brown. Drew Brown seems to understand the game so far. It's been working out. It's it's kind of a nice feeling to know you have a guy that has succeeded at some level in the CFL sitting behind Kalaros in case the worst happens. And it'll be and it'll be nice to see what comes out of a start and just to see him just to see him uh have a full have a full game to just go okay here it is 
here's some live reps. Let's let's go. Drew Brown is just another reason why everybody hates the Bombers. You know, I mean, you guys don't need to have a great second string quarterback too. And and not to mention a, not to mention Dakota Prokop's around too. <laughs> And he's playing the Strebler role this year to a to pretty decent success. Okay, all right. Next, <laughs> let's let's finish off last week. Enough victory laps. Oh yeah, we got to finish this right. Ottawa Red Blacks twenty four, Montreal Alouettes eighteen. Red Blacks keep their playoff hopes alive. Alouettes irk me and all the other fans. I guess you know we got it. We. we Got to stop doing this. The Owls were the hottest team in the CFL going into this game, but that's the thing. <laughs> as soon as so, so I sat I sat there this morning and went, "Are the Alouettes consistently inconsistent, or are they inconsistently consistent?" I wasn't sure which. All right, what what was their record when Gary Jones was fired? One in. One and three. three. Yep. Okay. One and three. All right. So, to look at life, they're going to end up as about nine and nine. All right. So, are they, maybe they're just an eight and 16? You know, uh, you know, maybe they're just, I mean, okay. I guess the question stems from, let's define the question. I guess the question stems from the fact that, okay, they beat Winnipeg. They beat the Ticats when they needed to. Um, they've played decent games against some of the other Western teams. Um, and yet, they lose games like this. Um, I guess that's where the question stems from, but maybe you can tell me how they lost this game. I mean, maybe you can tell me what happened in that second half. I mean, being, I mean, that might answer the question as to their inconsistency because I don't get it. I don't get it. We've been riding this defense all year, you know, even in close losses. It's rarely down to our it's rarely down to our defense. Hell, we have Trevor Harris, you know, Mr. Inopportune Turnover, you know, on this team. Okay. You you can't blame the defense until this game. I mean, my favorite stat, right? What is my favorite stat, Joe? You know. What, yeah. what is my in, in the box score? What's my favorite stat in these games? Go ahead and share it with the class. Time of possession. Uh-huh. Time of possession, right? Third quarter, a minute and a half, 90 seconds, exactly, the Alouettes have. Okay? Fourth quarter, five and a half minutes. And what's worse is that, you know, again, it's the same thing that was happening with Vernon Adams. You know, um, Harris makes these little dinky completions with no yards after the catch. It's just that's not going to cut it. I mean, like, okay. Okay, there we go. This is the one that really got me. This, this is the one that's, that's the reality check for 
I'm going to try and use a PG word here, dipstick like me, who would like think that the Alouettes have a chance to go far in these playoffs. Okay, it's the fourth quarter. There's just over about five minutes left. Okay, the Alouettes put together a 100 yard drive. Okay, and they have to settle for the field goal at like the 14. Okay, they stall. Oh, wait, I have it here. Oh, I'm sorry. At the Ottawa 19, because Harris can't convert a third and four. Now, come on. You know, that's geez. I mean, we, okay. I think it's a theory. In order to win a championship, a team has to have an offense good enough to pick up the slack when their pretty good defense just isn't coming in. I mean, I don't know. Do you think this is a valid theory? Yeah, I can tell you that the champ that a championship team this year started out with their offense in low gear most of the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you guys got red, man. You guys got the swagger. It's not. It's not yeah. a fair comparison. And then lately, it's been the offense bailing out the defense. Right. So they're right. they're sharing the load at this point. Right. Right. I think that I think the good comparison would be the Stampeders who are doing the same thing. You know, they've Stampeders have been able to play both types of game all year. They can they can run up the score on you, or they can shut you down. You know, sometimes both. So, I mean, I just we, you, I I just can't believe I, this this game is just such uh, a heartbreak. You know, it wouldn't be. I mean, it would be. It would make me angry. If it had been like Hamilton, you know, uh, but this just makes me sad. This is just a game you don't want to lose. What What's interesting is, according to the, we're going to talk playoff scenarios right after this, but what's interesting, according to the CFL.ca simulator machine, now the Tiger Cats are as far ahead of the riders for that last playoff spot as the riders are ahead of the red blacks. In fact, I think the red blacks are actually closer to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is to have So that's an interesting development. There's an editorial over there at the official website, CFL.ca today about, I hope the red blacks make the playoffs. I don't know. W- would you like to see the red blacks make the playoffs, Joe, or would you rather have kind of wish that six months didn't exist right now i just don't i don't i don't like rewarding a team a team of like six and twelve or seven and eleven with the playoff spot but it is what it is yeah Uh, and this is what happens when two-thirds of the league makes the playoffs right like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's a revenue question because really uh, a lot of these problems solved year to year if it were just five. Five out of the nine. You know, well, one team gets a It would be, it, you know, it'd be a good story if Ottawa got hot at the end here. Yeah, uh, of course. Stormed to 7 and 11 from where they were. That'd be great. Got Bob, got Bob Dice a, 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 the permanent job there because clearly they were playing hard for him. Yeah, because they got 
the return visit in Montreal, that's going to be like a three day on um, three days of rest, which is ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> and then they play Hamilton, Hamilton. So as long as one of the really what if they split, if Hamilton and Ottawa split, that's a gift to Saskatchewan. Otherwise, whoever sweeps that series has a, has as good of a shot at the playoffs as anybody. Yeah, it, this depends on. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but since we're about to do the playoff scenarios, um, Montreal can clinch by beating Ottawa, right? And Ottawa to make the playoffs has to beat Montreal this week, right? I don't think there is a scenario here where Ottawa is completely eliminated, is my understanding. Let me take a look here, though. Hmm. Okay. Because the Riders are not playing. Yes. The Riders have the bye week. Yes. So even if Ottawa loses, in theory, they could sweep Hamilton and Saskatchewan could lose out. Lose out. Yes. even even if Montreal wins, Ottawa could still make the playoffs in theory. Oh, right. I love this. And now, I love and now this you have, scenario. And now you have your rooting interest. But since All we're on right. the top, since we're on okay. the top, let's just go from the start here. Out yeah. west, Winnipeg's number one. They will host the West Final. Uh, the second seed is up for grabs between BC and Calgary, but that won't be decided until probably the last week of the season. Uh, nobody can clinch it this week. And for that matter, third place is whoever doesn't make second because the schedule can't catch either of those teams, clearly. So in the East, if Toronto wins and Montreal loses, Toronto clinches the East. It's over. Now, like you said, though, a Montreal win clinches a playoff spot in a home game, which would mean that Montreal is at the worst second in the East. Right. Right. And beyond that, there's nothing else that can be made official. Uh, The only other thing of note is that Edmonton has been officially eliminated. They're the one team that cannot make the playoffs. Right. Any scenario you dice up at this point. Right. Right. Wow, I can't believe there's still a scenario with Hamilton, Saskatchewan. Still miss the playoffs. Well, okay. it'd be a lot. It'd be a lot easier if I were ran the table. So you know, if you want to donate that, no, 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 fire, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. That would, that would help things a lot. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think because you know the East is taking a lot of guff, and you know, okay, fair enough. You know, Hamilton was not what anybody expected. Okay. That's and problem. really, that's the difference. If Hamilton, yeah, oh yeah, of course, everybody expects them to be. No, we're not talking about it even at this point. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. That, technically, they're in my rear view mirror, but I'm not looking over my shoulder anymore. Like I am every other year, or I'm looking ahead in the distance is more like I was going to say. Well, I mean, okay. but <laughs> you're looking. Let me ask you this: back. You could have a scenario. Where both Montreal and Toronto win at least 10 games. Yes. Right? Wouldn't would that be respectable? I mean, wouldn't that make this division a lot more respectable 
I think so, especially if Saskatchewan ends up with 11, 12 losses. Edmonton ends up 4 and 14. I mean, your Cal- your Calgary and BC are going to finish around 11, 12 wins. Winnipeg right. is going to be where they're going to be. Probably, you know, 15 and 3, 14 and 4. Something like that. And then you got two 10-win teams out east and if yeah. Hamilton ends up, you know, winning two out of three, they got seven. You know, that's they, well, I've seen a lot worse. Yeah. Okay. After week, yeah. after about week five or six, I'm thinking, oh god, this is the worst case scenario. But as the season's gone on, the east, the east has started to take some games from the west when they weren't doing it earlier, and that's the problem. Is all those east versus west matchups were early in the season. The west teams got off to the hot starts. Yeah. The east teams took a while to get going, and there's your difference. Huh. Right. Yeah. Well, I wish they okay. would intersperse the matchups a little bit better on the calendar next year. Well, the, yeah, exactly. There was there was a little bit of a talent gap out west, west already, right? You have Winnipeg, who is stacked. You know, Calgary seems to have that great infrastructure, a lot of continuity there. And then you had BC with with Rourke and you know these 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 all pro wide receivers, you know, on his team. Okay, and these guys are scoring points in bunches. And Saskatchewan even got off to a hot start. Yeah, well. they started. So they like, started the season off well, and then well, right, right. On on the other hand, you know now you've got well, maybe we'll see about Montreal, but you've got some of these Eastern teams rounding into shape. So it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe next year they can start East against East and end East against East, or you know? even, or even instead of playing all your wet most of your West East West matchups in the first six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Have two or three of those weeks be divisional matchups, and yeah. and then you wipe out the then you wipe out a quick start from either division, making the other one look terrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could easily do that. I mean, you're out east. You're playing three weeks worth of games against these teams. You know, just first three weeks of the season. Okay. Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Hamilton, Toronto, Ottawa. Okay. Start like that, and you could end like. Or, that even, or, or even make that happen throughout the first six weeks. Have every East team play each other yeah. in the first six weeks. Yeah. Or seven so that, if you go in the buys, you know, seven or eight. Just get a round of it done first. Yeah. I know there's other considerations besides what makes a schedule look pretty. There's availability and all that. But but it would be great because you're, setting, be better you're setting the table. This, this year, I feel like there was some COVID considerations in place and travel cost considerations in place that really sh- I understand why they're there but really made a hash out of the out of the schedule mm-hmm. it was that this is the worst CFL schedule I've seen in the decade <laughs> I've been paying as, as close attention as I have and I'm not yeah, counting yeah. last year because last year was okay we can make this happen so let's do it I was gonna say I'm throwing last... that one out. I'm throwing that one out because it was okay. We're gonna find a way to make a season happen. Sure, got it. Understood. Last year, the Bombers were cheated out of an undefeated season. They were. No, they no, didn't. Toronto, they didn't get to play Ottawa. Well, no, they they also got the crap kicked out of them in BMO, so that wasn't gonna happen anyway. Yeah. 
that's a good cold snap season for you. <laughs> take take out that Toronto game and put it in Ottawa game. <laughs> See if they can go undefeated. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let's talk about the future, specifically next week, and perhaps a little bit further, with reference to the point spreads. We start week. Hey, we're back to normal, as Joe mentioned, with a three or four day rest here for Montreal. Of course, leading off the week as three point five, three and a half. Bit of a disrespect. Point favorites at Ottawa. Um. Okay. <laughs> Last game, not Wednesday. Oh, and you know another thing I wanted to say too is that about this game that I did not mention before. It was in my notes. In this game, despite the fact that Stanback started, and I really think they should have followed your advice, Joe, and uh, let him have this extra time, because even with Stanback in the game, the Alouettes were good for 17 carries for 51 yards. Okay, exactly three yards per carry. Okay? Stanback was ineffective, except in the dust-ups, that happened in the first half between Ticats and Alouette's players. He was right in the forefront of all the action there, that's for sure. But as far as on-the-field stuff, perhaps he should have stayed out another week. Uh, Jershon Antwi, here's another one. He was only in the game for about 10 snaps and uh, no carries, two receptions. So it's like, again, hopefully, I'm going to take Montreal minus the points here. I'm going to say that Stanback is in there for because he was only in for about 20, 22 snaps as far as I count. Uh, hopefully, he'll be in there a bit longer this game. And hopefully, he'll be a little bit more productive because even a running game might have been a difference in this game. Yeah, because that was non-existent. Mm-hmm. And uh, these back-to-backs in the CFL tend to get split anyway. And I think that there's enough of a talent differential that the Alouettes, you know, win this game by more than three and a half. Like they should have won this game by more than three. I'm going to disagree with you. Really? Wow. Uh-huh. Really. You're going to take yeah. Ottawa. I have two reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Well, really it's one big reason, but a lot of small mini reasons branching into one. This is a very short turnaround. Yes. Both teams are going to be beat to crap. I think that's going to make the talent differential, um, if there is much of one, to be fair. I mean, the Ottawa coaching staff has been dumped on all season for not getting the most out of their players. So if there is a talent differential, I think it's minimized. Ottawa's not the team traveling. They get the home game, so they don't have to waste time traveling uh, with just the three days rest. And they seem to be playing motivated. They seem to be playing hard for Bob Dice. They have the emotional, they have the emotion, the emotional side behind them. They have the fact they just won. They beat Montreal in their own house, and they're not traveling on the short week. I think if they can find a way to keep the to keep their emotional momentum going, they're going to win this one too. Okay, here's my counterpoint. <laughs> okay. Um. You know, if they want, the offense is not going to be fatigued. You know, again, Antwi and Stanback just didn't play that many snaps. Okay. 
on that side of it. Eugene Lewis was awesome, by the way. Um, okay, they didn't play that many snaps. If, if, especially in the first half, the offense can stay on the field for the Alouettes, they'll win this game. They'll win this game. Yeah, right? there's, def- there's definitely ways to make that happen. Taking the ball and holding it for 20 minutes in the first half would be a great way to make that happen. Yeah, I also be... don't see it. I also don't see it as exceedingly likely, though. <laughs> well, I'm going to wait after those first two drives with standbacks averaging five yards per carry. They'll give you a call. <laughs> At least, yeah. That's what. That's the scenario. Yeah, but all things, but all things being equal, this week I see Ottawa winning this one. Wow. All right. All right, Rod. Got got to like the disagreement. Okay, let's see if we disagree on this one. I think. Hell of the Tiger Cats, seven-point underdogs at Cal. Guess it's been a while since uh, Hamilton's seen the West, huh? Yeah, sure. Um, Calgary coming off the bye. Wow. And the I fact mean, that Hamilton hasn't won there in McMahon in like 20 years, yeah, including exactly. a Grey Cup. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think six McManus was playing, playing there in 1999. I think that's the last time they won out there. Um. Yeah. Uh. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'll take. I'll take Calgary going away. Uh. In part, uh, this is the emotional decision because again, now now I'm all pro Ottawa after this week. Um. To to get that final playoff spot. So, but you know, again, I think coming off the bye, fans coming off the bye, like you pointed out, Joe. Um. Uh, something to play for for Calgary. Um. Uh, not that Hamilton doesn't. Calgary's at home. Stamps. Stamps by more than one. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, just too much, too many things in Calgary's favor. Mm-hmm. How much damage is this game it, it, would a blowout do to the Ticats going forward? Because again, they got to play auto these last two games. So I don't know if there would be any, to be fair. Okay. All right, moving on. All right, here we go again. Toronto Argonauts, six-point favorites at Edmonton. Now, trap game. No? No. Trap game potential here. Edmonton's the worst team in the league this year. It took a while for that to become apparent, but they're the team that gets the doors blown off them more often than anybody else. Their wins are all close, scrappy wins that they come up with in the last minutes. They could very easily have like two wins this year instead of the four they've got. No, uh, Toronto's got a division to win. They're going to go win it. Wow. All right. So, so you believe at this point that Toronto is all grown up? Like this is a fully developed. You know, I mean that gray this is cup the type contender. of game. This is the type of game you win if you're a contender, right? Especially okay. right. given That's given the prediction I made earlier, where I have Ottawa beating Montreal, you're setting up Toronto to be able to win and be able to rest their players for a couple weeks. It's a great opportunity for them to go to be emphatic about winning the East and showing teams that they're legit, they're legitimate contenders. I believe they are, but it'd be nice to see it made. Emphatic, and I think okay, okay. This is a Saturday game. 
No, this is a yep. Friday. Nope, no, that's a Saturday. Saturday oh. at 7 Eastern. 7 Eastern. Okay, that's important. But Edmonton is mountain, right? Right. So it'd be a 5 o'clock start in Edmonton. Okay, so I'm trying, I'm, I'm searching weather.com. Me being out here in California, this is one of my obsessive uh, websites here. Let's see. Oh, okay. All right. It's not going to be too cold. Okay. So cold, not a factor either. So uh, 30s, yeah, high 30s. That's not bad. Though. No snow or anything. So. It'll be a crisp night for football, as they like to say that night. Okay. Um, so probably not even worth looking at the under on that. I was thinking that maybe Edmonton might be playing loose. I, you know, was wondering if maybe Chris Jones might try some wacky stuff and maybe close this margin of six points a little bit, but Joe, you talked me out of it. Yeah. You mentioned the talent gap between Montreal and Ottawa. There's a talent gap between Edmonton and the rest of the league. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Why Ottawa? I'm just I'm just thinking about the Billy, the the Moneyball quote where there's hey people are up here there's a bunch of crap and then we're down here somewhere. <laughs> Moneyball. I think Chris right. Jones has gotten as much as he can out of the talent he's had there, which wasn't much. They've got a long way to go. Okay, here we go. Final game. Like I said previously, no point spread on this so far. Winnipeg Blue Bombers at BC Live. Uh, like Joe said, the indications are that we'll be seeing a lot of the A2 team, some of the A team, some of the A2 team for Winnipeg. BC Lions is still a pretty good team. I wonder if they're disheartened at all. I don't like the conservatism of this offense. Can they beat the the BC second team at home? You mean beat the win beat the Winnipeg second team? And it won't even be the full. Like they're not they're not doing a mass up like college football where you take your whole first first group out of there in a seventy to three game or anything here. There's gonna yeah, be a, a few starter a few more starters out than would usually be out due to injury. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So you think some regular starters. There will be some regular starters. Yeah, the rosters, the roster, the roster sizes dictate that for sure. Uh, You're just not going to see Kalaros. You're not going. You probably won't see a whole ton of. And this is just thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. This is going to be a So, is that a? No, I, especially jump trap like you can see Matt Clark's on the start. No, I don't think I don't think I also don't think it's like 42 10 or anything. I think Drew Brown will have a good counting of himself, but BC is a good team. They're gonna win and they have something. BC is a good team, they're a whole, they have a time advantage, and they have something to play for. Yeah. Especially, especially if thirty-five to twenty-four or something of that sort. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Well, I'll earmark that for the over because I'm sure they're going to go low on the over with a uh, second-string quarterback in there. So 
I, I think he'll I think he'll impress some people. It won't be he'll make he'll make a few mistakes that Kolaris would make, and that would probably be the main difference in this game. Well, I mean, we shouldn't expect to see the A-list receivers all game either, right? I mean, my like, no, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll make some. Sure they'll, the I'm sure they'll bring along a few guys they normally wouldn't have. Leave a couple yeah. guys at home that they might have brought along. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit different, uh, but we'll see when they, we'll see when they make the actual when they put the when they put the uh, depth charts out and such. Right. But right. Yeah, they're 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 not gonna be they're not gonna be full strength. They're not going to bring. I'm sure they'll bring. They'll leave a few veterans at home. Maybe some of the starters get pulled in the second half to let the backups have some reps. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have a bye after that. So my thought is they probably go into week 21, play their full contingent for at least a half just to keep them fresh. And we'll see from there. But this is the week they're going to give people a lot of rest because they were. When they played that Hamilton game and just got their butts kicked, they were exhausted. It, it it's not going to hurt them to have an extra week off, or at least a few of them. Yeah, but that's the thing: is how do you play that last game? How do you play game eighteen? And you you got to start starters you, in there for at least the first half. Yeah, you play a, you play them for a half at that point. Right. Just make sure that they don't get rusty. Right, because you're going to have to buy week get that. So. Right. So and then. Yeah. Playing a pretty decent team after that, most likely Calgary. Right. right? So, right. Yeah. And be, oh, <laughs> they're gonna, or BC, they're we'll see. Because BC's got two, got two out of the three remaining against the against a Winnipeg team that has something to play for, and then the game in between, Edmonton. So, mind you, Calgary has Hamilton, Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan. So, we're not exactly talking a murderer's row for either of these teams at this point. So it's going to be come down to does BC stumble, and if they do, does Calgary stick the knife in? Calgary closes the season with back-to-backs against Saskatchewan? They do, and they haven't seen them all year, is my understanding. Will Twitter CFL explode? Not nearly (laughs) as much as they would have had this happen in, like, August. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or if this were significant for Saskatchewan. But I think that it will be actually. It'll be significant for Saskatchewan because if they because if they don't win, they're not making the playoffs. But can't they be? I mean, I mean, the more games Hamilton wins, the longer and longer the shot gets for Saskatchewan, right? So Saskatchewan, if they if Saskatchewan wins out, then Hamilton would have to win out. Right. 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 So right. Hamilton starts this week with at Calgary, and we've agreed yeah. that that's no bueno for them. <laughs> so it's going to come down to, wow. and remember, Hamilton's a game back, or a half a game. They're one win back. They're two points behind. Hamilton's got three games to go. Saskatchewan's got two. If we agree that they lose to Calgary this week, which is what pretty much anybody prognosticating is saying, it's going to come down to the Saskatchewan. If Saskatchewan sweeps, they're in. Now, 
if Hamilton pulls it off against Calgary, then they're in the driver's seat because if they sweep Ottawa, they're in. Right. But Ottawa is still alive if they sweep Hamilton. Absolutely. But that would require Saskatchewan (laughs) to lose a game. So Ottawa doesn't control their own destiny, even now. But don't you think that all analysis is that? Don't you think that Calgary, as they're heating up like this, as they're going into the playoffs, is just going to want to dismantle Saskatchewan in those last two games? I mean, they're they're going to want to. BC's going to be winning too, so they're going to. Right. It's going to come down to week twenty-one, where (laughs) BC could, if they win out, would clinch second place on Friday, October 28th, if they win out. And I'm assuming Calgary wins out too. But remember, BC's got the tiebreaker. Okay, right. So the only game that's possible in that whole stretch for either BC or Calgary to be irrelevant, unless BC somehow craters and loses their first two and Calgary wins out, assuming that that doesn't happen, the only game that could be irrelevant is the second Saskatchewan game. Right, which is the last game. Which would be the the last game of the season. Right. 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 So Winnipeg in week 21 with their starters for half the game. Right. Beat BC to keep Calgary alive for that second spot. That would be could very well do that. Amazing. That would be amazing. Wow, this is actually pretty interesting because, okay, the third game in Week 21 is Hamilton and Ottawa, mm-hmm. right? So if, so if Saskatchewan, you know, so Saskatchewan goes, you know, they take the over in Week 20, right? They lose in Week 20. So that game is still relevant. Then you got Montreal and Toronto. That game could very well be about first place at that point if Montreal has beaten them the previous week. Oh, Wow. All right. There are we, scenarios. There are scenarios. There are scenarios out there right now, from what I can see, that would have every single game for the rest of the season have some sort of playoff relevance, be it seeding or but if everything falls wrong, you could have a little, you could have at least a couple of those games in week 21 being absolutely right. 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 Good right, is the right. key word here. Right. Yeah. I'd love yeah. I don't know if you remember way back when ESPN used to have like the playoff machine and things right. like that. Right. Toggle matchups and see how it would affect the playoff race. I wish the CFL had one of those for these last three weeks. That'd be a whole lot of fun. Well, yeah. I'd probably spend be a couple a hours easier, tomorrow too. just going, what happens here? What happens here? What happens? Yeah. But that's because I'm a nerd. There's a lot fewer combinations too. The schedule maker is really lucked out. We talked about the schedule uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. But the schedule makers really lucked out by not having Hamilton's final week. I mean, that's what's going to make it such a nail if BC loses the game. Um, I think the hardest one that I could see, the one that will be hardest to keep relevant is the final game between Montreal and Toronto in week 21. Nah, if Montreal wins in week 20, Montreal beats them in week 20, it's relevant. Then it is. And, and I would assume that Montreal wins this week to keep themselves alive. Right, if they stay equal, 
in the meantime. Like if they both lose this week and they both win this week, and then Montreal beats them in week 20, which is in Montreal, that game in week 21 is relevant. That's for right. the- but you have to have you have to have Montreal or Toronto this week. You know, if Montreal loses and Toronto wins, it's those two. Yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, they have to match. As long as they right. match. They, they have to match or it has to be a uh, plus for Montreal this week. Right. Right. And right. then and- Montreal has to win in week 20 to make week 21 relevant. Right. 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 So, yeah. Actually, that, that one could be irrelevant, but let's hope That not. one's the one that's the most likely to be irrelevant. Right. But. Even Hamilton, Ottawa. Hamilton, Ottawa, week 20. Who would have thought? Now, Hamilton, Ottawa, in week 21, it's only going to be relevant for one of those teams, but it'll probably still be relevant. <laughs> well, yeah, but possibly that could be it. That could be for all the marbles, right? Well, actually, we won't know, right? Because those guys we- won't have their final game until the. that's the game right. after that. So we won't yep. know we're, for we're sure. Not gonna, we're not going to know for sure. <laughs> That's the thing. We're looking at week 21, and this could be either an insanely fun week or boring as hell. Well, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I I really want to see Calgary dismantle Saskatchewan in that week 21. And then they're just going to have to clean house from that coaching staff. I just... I, I just I don't know I don't know why it, it, they just started badly with the riders this year just got off on the wrong foot so, so in any case all right yo hey two more weeks until week twenty one for my co-host Joe Pritchard I'm Miles Davis also enjoy the games we'll talk to you next week.